following message was delivered at Bible Baptist Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. John 9 this morning. John 9. And if you will, let's begin in verse 1. The Bible says, And as he passed by, he saw a man sitting, he saw a man which was blind from his birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me. Excuse me, while it is day, <clears throat> the night cometh, when no man can work, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and anointed the eyes of the man, uh, um, uh, the, uh, the eyes of the blind man with clay, and uh, said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. And he went his way therefore and washed and came seeing. Uh, the neighbors therefore, <clears throat> and they which were before had seen him that was blind, uh, said, Is not this uh, he that sat begging? And some said, This is he. And others said, He is like him. Uh, but he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, How were thine eyes opened? And he answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes, and, uh, and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed and received my sight. Then said they unto him, Where is he? And he said, I know not. And from this passage and the rest of the passage of Scripture here, I want to continue talking about the blindness of man, the blindness of man. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for the eternal word of God, which is always true, uh, come what may. Father, thank you that you're the God that's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Father, Lord, as we consider uh, this subject uh, this morning, Father, it's an important subject, even as we're dealing with and continue to deal with the blindness of man. And Father, we even see it today in our day, the day in which we live. And Lord, we desire to reach out and help the blind to come seeing, come to see Christ as our Lord and Savior. And Father, I just pray that you teach us from thy word this morning, help us to be equipped and prepared as we deal with a lost, dying, and blind world. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Again, the blindness of man. We talked last week uh, about the blindness of this man, the man sitting by the wayside begging. The Christ came along the scene, and he came on purpose, came to see this man, he says here in... Uh, <clears throat> Verse 3, Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. There, there was a, this common idea among the Jews and among others that if you're sick, it's because of some sin that you're guilty of and God is judging you because of this. We know And verse 2, we see the Bible says, Disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin this man or his parents that he was born blind? That was a prevailing thought. And yet Christ expresses that it wasn't a sin, it wasn't something he was guilty of. And though, though we know at times God does judge man uh, because of sin, and uh, sometimes personally, sometimes with sickness, in the life of a Christian, in Romans chapter 8, if you look there with me, in Romans chapter 8, <clears throat> sometimes we find ourselves dealing with sickness and what have you, and some would say it's because they haven't eaten their sprouts and uh, drank their carrot juice, or done all those healthful things, amen, to prepare them for life. I remember years ago when the, when the big deal was sprouts and carrot juice. Some people drank so much carrot juice they looked orange. 
And all I could think is, wow, that's a little extreme. Now, I don't mind being healthy, but orange? Who wants to be orange, amen? <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, then there was the sprouts thing. My wife used to make sprout sandwiches for me, and I felt like I was chewing the cud, you know, and I felt like a cow. You say, well, preacher? Uh, uh, no, never mind. <laughs> but, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes uh, things come into our lives as Christian people, sometimes even sickness, not because we've sinned, but rather because the Lord is doing something in our lives. In Romans 8 and 28, the Bible says, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now, you know, not that we shouldn't take care of our bodies, and we should be good stewards of what God has given us, but, you know, you're not more spiritual because you're skinny and because you're healthy. Because I know skinny people, uh, skinny people who aren't healthy and they're Christians and God is allowing something in their life. Sometimes a sickness to accomplish some purpose for the glory of God and for that good of that person. Amen. Folks, God is a good God and he is good to all, especially uh, to his people. He loves them. He's trying to accomplish something in our text in John 9. Looking back there in John 9... God was going to manifest his works in this man. He would heal him from his blindness. But what he was trying, even great, uh, uh, something else even greater to accomplish, was found in verse uh, 35. Here the Bible says, Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with, with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Folks, the, the ultimate goal and purpose in this man's life for being sick, it wasn't because he had done anything wrong. I mean, what do you do wrong when you're born? Other than you're born, you burp, you gurgle, you do a lot of other strange things, things that are not always pleasant, but they're not sin, amen? He had not sinned, he hadn't done anything worthy of any judgment from God necessarily, not that he wasn't a sinner, and yet God was uh, allowed him to be born blind, and God would use that blindness to draw him to himself, amen, for him to look to Christ uh, for the answer, and Christ is the answer uh, for all men. If you will, look with me to Matthew chapter 7, Matthew 7 and 1, <clears throat> Matthew 7 and uh, verse 1. So there we, gotta be, we need to be careful about, if you will, passing judgment on people based upon what we imagine uh, to be going on in Matthew 7 and 1, judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged, and with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Now, you know, there's something to be said for the fact that, you know, we can tell when someone's done right or wrong, and God has already judged that based upon his word. I mean, the law of God was given to show us what sin is, and even, as the Bible says in Romans, to make it sin exceeding sinful, so that we'll know without doubt just what is wrong and what is right, and we have no excuse for wrongdoing, what have you, but we need to be careful when we look at other people and we see uh, what looks like calamity come in their lives, we just imagine, well, uh, it's because they've sinned. You know, sometimes the, the calamity comes as a result of sin, and God doesn't have to do anything. 
Bible says, whatsoever man soweth that shall he also reap. He that soweth of the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Amen. And sometimes people reap corruption. Sometimes that corruption is sickness because of sin. But we oftentimes, if we're not careful, when we look at other people, we imagine, you know, what sin is this person guilty of? And they'll say, you know, I've seen that over the years. And it's like people are waiting for an opportunity to, to look down their nose at other Christians and pass judgment upon them as if they're somehow better. And they're not. I mean, <clears throat> Laura's grandpa went home to be with the Lord. And I thank God. I mean, he's gone home to be with God, you see. And we often hear people say, well, he's gone to a better place. You know, folks, he's no longer suffering. Amen? Suffering with Parkinson's. That was terrible suffering in some respects. The Lord took him home. Was God judging him with Parkinson's? No, folks. It's a part of living in a sin-cursed world, and it was time to go home. And though it's sad to see our loved ones go home, but to go home to be with the Lord... Nothing greater can be said. No longer suffering. Amen. <clears throat> and yet sometimes we judge one another. In John 7, John 7, sometimes we're called upon because of sin to judge one another. <clears throat> in reference to sin and, and church discipline, trying to, in endeavoring to maintain the purity of the church and the purity of the life of those we're guilty of sin in John 7. And looking at verse 21, the Bible says here, uh, Jesus answered and said to them, I have done one work, and you all marvel. Moses therefore gave, you, uh, gave unto you circumcision, not because it is of Moses, but of the fathers. And ye on the Sabbath they circumcise a man. If a man on the Sabbath they receive circumcision, that the law of Moses should not be broken. Are ye angry at me because I have made uh, a man every whit whole on the Sabbath day? Judge not according to the appearance but judge righteous judgment. You know, folks, it's a, it was good to do good on the Sabbath day. Amen? You know, they were judging Christ, God, for healing a man on the Sabbath day. And Christ looked at them and said, you know what? You're wrong. You're wrong. Judge righteous judgment. Don't judge according to the appearance. Amen? But judge according to the truth in Romans chapter 2, the Bible says the judgment of God is according to truth, the truth of his word, and the truth that God himself knows to be true. When men stand before God in a final judgment, they will not be able to hide anything from God or anybody else at that time. God will bring to light all the hidden things of dishonesty and what have you. It's amazing, folks, the, the way we behave. And yet... Sometimes that's an indication sometimes of our own blindness. In John chapter 9, we've talked about the, the, uh, this, uh, the blindness of this man. This morning I want to talk about, begin to talk about the blindness of all men. Beginning, if you will, in verse 8. <clears throat> and his neighbors said, uh, therefore, uh, <laughs> the neighbors therefore, and they which before had seen him that was blind, said, is not this he that sat begging and begged? Uh, some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, How were uh, thine eyes open? He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed mine eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed, and I received my sight. Then said they unto him, Where is he? He said, I know not. And they brought, uh, they brought to the Pharisees him that aforetime was blind. And we go on. We could read the entire passage. Before we're done, we will. 
But folks, through this entire passage from verse 8 all the way to the end of the chapter, we're going to talk about the blindness of all mankind. And first of all, and let me remind you of this, folks, when we come into this world, we're all affected by a spiritual blindness. Amen? And it is, this is my first point. It, uh, it's caused by the sin nature of man. We all come into this world with a kind of blindness uh, to God and to that which is right often. And if you uh, <clears throat> will, we read on it. It was the Sabbath day in verse 14 uh, when uh, Jesus made the clay and opened uh, his eyes. Uh, then again, the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. And he said unto them, he put clay upon mine eyes and I wash and do see. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, this man is not of God because he keepeth not the Sabbath. Here we go again. <laughs> What foolishness. I mean, here Christ is healing a man born blind. And they're accusing him of sin against God for doing right on the Sabbath day. Others says, how can this man, others said, how can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among, the, uh, among them. Now, you know, <clears throat> there is a problem that all men have outside of Christ. And that is the sin nature and, uh, you know, all of those in, in this uh, particular passage of Scripture were all sinners except Christ. The apostles, the disciples of the Lord, this blind man, and all the others who were in attendance uh, to these things. Uh, they said uh, in verse 34, verse, verse 34, they answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out, almost as if they weren't sinners. Folks, all the men and all mankind are born with a sin nature. All We know what, folks, we sin because of our nature. We're not sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. It is our nature to sin against God, to violate his law. If you will, uh, look with me to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. <clears throat> and from the beginning, it has been the problem... It has been the cause of, <clears throat> of the blindness of man. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6, after uh, Satan has come and foisted his lie upon these folk, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to, to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called on Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? You know what, folks? Here we find Adam and Eve, though on the one hand, the Bible says their eyes were opened. Their eyes were not open to good, but rather to evil. And a blindness descended upon them. And one of the first things that Christ said to them, he said in verse 9 of Genesis 3, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Not because God did not know where Adam and Eve were. He wanted Adam and Eve to see where they were spiritually. They no longer could walk with God because of sin in the same way in which they did before the fall. They have fallen from a place that they had once enjoyed. They had fallen because of sin plunged the world of man into a different nature. And God wanted them to see the, the new nature they had. See where they were at. And, and take things for what they were. 
help them to see that the problem was them and not God. You know, sometimes people blame God. Folks, man made his own choice. The devil made his own choice. When we sin, we choose to sin. And sometimes there are people that literally force other people to do wrong. There's no sin in that. You understand that if you're forced to do something wrong, it wasn't your choice. But when you make a choice to do something of your own heart and your own desire, that's sin. Amen? Lust, when it it conceived, bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. When a woman is forced to be involved in an intimate situation with a man, forced, raped, if you will, If she's fought against it, there's no sin in what's gone on there on her part. The sin is on his part. Amen. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in the Old Testament, if she does not cry out, or if she's out in the the boonies somewhere and she can cry out and no one can hear, that's one thing. But if she's in the city and she doesn't cry out, she was a party to it. And she's as guilty as the man in some senses that forced himself on her. If, he, if she doesn't fight, she gives herself. You know, I've, I've heard some people say to women, don't, don't fight, just let him do what he's going to do. What? Don't fight? When someone seeks to do something wrong to you, to violate you, to harm you? Amen? You need to be careful with some of this philosophy, some of these ideas. Folks, you know, Sin is a choice that we make. And we choose sin by virtue of our own nature. Unfortunately, sometimes the the habit was, and we find it with Adam and Eve, they wanted to say, well, Adam said, well, the woman thou gavest to me to to be with me, she did, you know, she gave me an IA. He's blaming her. And the the woman said, well, the devil beguiled me. And that was true. He did deceive her, but she was still wrong. She She did violate the command of God. You know, folks, we need to be careful not to make excuses for our own wrongdoing. Amen. Now, God's merciful and gracious. Amen. Merciful and gracious. As a matter of fact, we have verse 15 as the remedy for sin and the sin nature. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. He's talking about the virgin-born Son of God, the seed of the woman, the Savior. He's offering to the even Adam and Eve, and I believe they received it, offered to them mercy in the face of sin and their nature and gave them the nature of God through Christ, through faith in Christ. But the problem with the blindness of all mankind is caused by a sin nature. If you will, in Genesis chapter 6, <clears throat> Genesis chapter 6, and verse 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his, at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now folks, in a, 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 an entire world of people, And we don't know how many people lived at that time. At least several millions of people, probably. But out of the midst of all of them, Noah is called the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness. Maybe eight out of all the rest were saved. There was grace available 
but man, because of his nature, chose sin. And with sin came judgment because of the blindness. You know what, folks? You know, men live in darkness, and they love darkness. The world of Noah chose darkness over light, chose blindness. They were blinded of themselves against the mercy and grace of God, if you will, in 2 Peter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2. And let me say, as I said earlier, folks, a rapist has no, he's never doing right. And folks, when a woman is forced against her will, it's not right. Amen. It's not her sin. But I do recommend she fight. Amen. So as not to be misunderstood. In 2 Peter 2 and verse 4, if, or if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. You know, folks, in the midst of the, the, the coming judgment of God, God allowed Noah to preach for a hundred years while the, the ark was a preparing. And he was a preacher of righteousness, righteousness that comes to the world by grace through faith in the Christ who was to come. Always remember this, the gospel was preached first by God in the Garden of Eden to Adam and Eve and to succeeding generations. This world has always had access to light to give them victory over the blindness of sin, the blindness that comes uh, to all men. There's grace available in Romans 8, excuse me, uh, Genesis 8, Genesis 8, <clears throat> and verse 20. Genesis 8 and 20. <clears throat> Here the Bible says, And Noah built an altar unto the Lord, and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered a burnt offering on the altar. Now, he did not do that for salvation's sake. You know what he did? He did, by, he did these offerings, and as the Old Testament offerings were offered, by faith in the Christ that they pictured. Amen? All of the offerings of God pictured in some way, manner, shape, or form the coming Christ. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I uh, smite any more every living thing as I have done. God says plainly, the problem with the blindness of men's heart is our sin nature. God says that, you know what, we're sinners from our youth, from our birth. If you will, look with me to uh, Psalm 51. Psalm 51. <clears throat> If you will look at verse 1. Here the psalmist writes, and David writes, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly, uh, thoroughly from my, my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. David is speaking of his own nature. He, his mother didn't conceive him in sin. He was conceived a sinner, born with a sin nature. The Bible says we are by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Amen? 
And David was appealing to the God of mercy and grace because of his sin and his sin nature and the, and the cause of his sin. If you look with me to Psalm 4, excuse me, Job 14, Job 14, beginning in verse 1. Job 14, and beginning in verse 1. Here the Bible says, Man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He uh, fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. Dost thou open thine eyes upon such an one and bringest me into judgment with thee? Job is lamenting himself and is, you know what, folks, his own sin, in one sense, his own sinfulness, because he says, Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean, not one? You know, Job knew the grace of God and salvation uh, uh, by trusting the Christ that was, was to come. Amen. And he said in one place, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. You know, he knew that he was a sinner. It was his nature to sin, but yet he did not. He was wondering, why am I in this place? Is it what they say? Is it what my friends say that I'm here because of my sin? That wasn't that Job was without sin, but God did not allow this to happen to him because of sin but rather because he was trying to teach and, and accomplish some great work for the glory of God and his good. But we all deal with a sin nature. In Isaiah 64, Isaiah 64 and verse 4, Isaiah 64 and verse 4, here the Bible says, From, For since the beginning of the world men have not heard nor perceived by the ear and neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee what uh, he hath prepared for them that waiteth for him. Thou meetest him with rejoi- uh, that uh, thou meetest him that rejoiceth and worketh righteousness, those that remember thee in thy ways. Behold, thou art uh, wroth, for we have sinned in those, uh, uh, in those in, is continuance, and we shall be saved. But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. We, do, we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. You know, folks, he speaks on the one hand of the goodness and grace and mercy of God, acknowledging all the while that we are sinners. It's our nature to sin. And it's a sad thing, but it's true. The reason we're blind oftentimes to God and his dealings with us is because of our sin nature, if you will, in Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17 and verses 9 and 10. Jeremiah 17, verses 9 and 10. The Bible says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who knows? You know what, folks? Who knows in this room what we're capable of? You know, sometimes we sit and we look at maybe other people and we see some of the gross and terrible things that people do. And we imagine, you know, I, I, I wouldn't do that. Christ told Peter, you know, you're going to deny me. And Peter said, oh, that'd be it far from me. I'll not do that. Be careful about saying you'll never do this or that. Because the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And who can know it? You and I are blind sometimes. Blind to what's really going on in our own lives. Blind to the depths of sin that sometimes lies within our own hearts. But there is one who does know it. One who warns us of it. Verse 10, the Lord says, I, the Lord, search the hearts. I try the reins, 
even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. God knows us like we don't. We're often blind to it, but for God, all things are naked and open of the eyes of him with whom we have to do in Matthew 15. Matthew 15. Let's begin in verse 10. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth the man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth the man. Then came the disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? You know what? They They had their eyes, you know what? They were blind to their own condition. They looked at Christ and all they could do is find fault with Christ. Find fault with the goodness of God. You know, folks, that smacks of a terrible blindness. Let's read on. But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. Jesus, uh, Jesus said, Are you also without understanding it? Without understanding, do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth into the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out in the draught? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. But you know what? The religious world sometimes can only see, only see the surface. You know, I, I, I drive by, occasionally I drive by and I read a sign at one of the churches, larger churches in this town, and they talk about the celebration of the Eucharist is, every, is available every day. The celebration of the Eucharist? They're talking about the celebration of the Mass where they hold up the wafer and they call the wafer, the Eucharist, the Holy Eucharist, the body of Jesus Christ. And then they take the cup and say the blood of Jesus Christ. And folks, they receive Christ into their belly. And that smacks of a great blindness. I read that and I've I've read it several times as I'll go by that sign. And I'll look and I'll think to myself, man... How blind people are. They miss the fact that they have a sin nature and it was the Christ, the the risen Christ that we worship. Not a wafer or a cup that represent, that are supposed to be a picture. And even at that, they destroyed the type in their practice. Amen. If you will, in John 3. John 3. And folks, it's a, there's a blindness there. You know, Jesus said, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He's speaking of the blindness of men's heart, a blindness that's caused by their sin nature. In a Matthew, excuse me, Matthew, excuse me, John 3 and 16. John 3 and 16. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be, sa- might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, 
because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest uh, his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. But here the world at large with a sin nature loves darkness. And you know, it's no coincidence that uh, the men that love darkness, those that are born in blindness because of a sin nature, it's no coincidence that they treated Christ the way in which they treated him because they hated the light. Because it was their nature to love darkness. To love darkness. You know, some people say, well, some people imagine, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not that bad. I'm not like that pastor who's mean and nasty and yells and screams and makes people feel uncomfortable. I'm not like him. I'm a nice person. But you know, you're still a sinner as I am. Born with a sin nature, with the necessity to be born again. Jesus said, marvel not that I said unto thee, to you, to me, you must be born again. We need the nature of God. You know what, folks, to God, for God to take the blinders off. Amen. Looking back, if you will, to John 9, John 9 this morning, we're talking about the blindness of the world of men in John 9. <clears throat> its cause is the sin nature of man. If you will, we won't again read the entire passage, but from verse, uh, <clears throat> in this particular passage, <clears throat> not, only, not only have we seen the cause being the sin nature of man, but it continues because of the deception of Satan. Now, we don't read about Satan in this, in this book, in this particular chapter. Satan's name is not mentioned in any way, shape, or form. And yet, in the midst of this, we see blindness that has come through the obvious deception, not only of sin, but, if you will, the deception of Satan. You know, it's amazing, folks, that, you know, let me say this, we don't have to fear the devil. Amen. But we need to be aware that he is alive and well and that he is at work with his minions, striving to deceive the world. In uh, John 8 and verse 41, John 8 and verse 41, the Bible says, Ye do the deeds of your father. Then the, said they to him, be not, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. They're blind. Why? Because they've been deceived by the devil. And Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. He is the chief deceiver in this world. And folks, there are some folks who have been blinded by the deception of the devil, either through sin or, if you will, <clears throat> through Satan's direct act in, in Revelation 12. Revelation 12. <clears throat> and verse 7, there was war in heaven. 
Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon fought against, fought his, and his angels and prevailed not. And let me remind you something. The devil isn't winning. We're on the winning team. If you're saved by the grace of God, if you're on the Lord's side, the Lord's on your side, we're on the winning team, the winning side. Though at times it seems like the devil is winning and seems to be having great victory, you know what, folks? That's deception. That's deception. God is ultimately in control of what goes on in this world. And the Bible says in verse 9, the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. He is a great deceiver. And if you will, the reason that people are blinded in this world to Christ and the light of the world and getting the help they need is because of the deception of Satan in Matthew 13. Matthew 13. And looking at verse 18. The Bible says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart, this is he uh, which uh, receives seed by the wayside. But he that receives seed in the stony place is the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he no root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution ariseth, because of the word by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also bringeth forth fruit and bringeth uh, <clears throat> forth uh, some an hundred, some sixty, and some thirty. Now, he's talking about four different kinds or, or grounds in which the seed will be sown. And in the first place, he talks about in verse 19, when anyone heareth the Word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. Now, you know, it's called the wayside here. The devil is at work trying to keep men from being saved. Trying to keep them blinded to the truth. You know, the Bible refers to the word of God as a light and a lamp. Amen? For men, so that they might come to know God. So that God can dispel darkness. And yet there are those that do not understand and the devil comes along and keeps them blind, snatches away that light which is given them. In 2 Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, <clears throat> and looking at verse 3, the Bible says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, and folks were referring to Satan, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And you know, I like verse 7 for this reason. Though we're saved and though we don't think much of our abilities, our, our, our ability maybe to, to, to communicate the truth, yet God has chosen to use us earthen vessels to reach out to people 
with the glorious gospel of Christ. And the devil is trying to blind men to that glorious gospel, that light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ that might shine into them and dispel the darkness and help them to be saved by the grace of God. You know, the devil does not want people to hear the gospel. And when, even when they're hearing, you know, folks, I'm amazed sometimes when I've been preaching to watch the way, and I think the devil's at work, watch the way in which people sometimes are distracted from hearing the message of the gospel. The devil at times is at work trying to turn people's attention away from what is true and what is right, the gospel of Jesus Christ, so that they might hear, they might understand, and might be saved. The devil's at work. Now the Bible teaches that greater is he that is in us than is he that is in the world. And God wants to use you and I as imperfect as we are. Earthen vessels to shine the light of the glorious gospel to people. You know, folks, do not, do not let the devil tell you that God can't use you to communicate the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. You say, well, but preacher, I don't know what to say. And I, I may stumble on I make mistakes that join the club. All of us do. You know, there are times when I sit down with people in my office to sit down with them privately to go through their scriptures, and I stumble and I struggle through it. And I do the best I can to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people. And I go away thinking, man, what a mess I made of that. And lo and behold, still sometimes people are saved. In spite of me. Amen. In spite of you. Don't let, you know, the devil would whisper in your ear and say, shut up, don't say anything. You'll mess it up. Who hasn't messed it up? You know, God has chosen to speak with people who have stammering lips. Amen? God wants to use us. You know what, folks? God wants us to lift up Christ with our lips, lift up and share the glorious gospel of Christ this year. This may be our last year. Amen? Maybe our last year to, to share. Maybe our last week. Who knows? We ought to be praying for opportunities, and then we pray for opportunities. Paul said that I might have the boldness to speak as I ought to speak. Amen. You know what that means? That means that there are times probably when Paul felt a little timid. Ever felt timid about talking to someone about Christ? Who hasn't? Amen, who hasn't? But thanks be to God that God wants to use us. We have the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, the one thing that can help people recover from a great blindness. A blindness that will take them to hell. Amen? We're going <clears> to <throat> stop here and we'll talk more specifically about how he works in the, in the next, uh, next Sunday. But folks, you know what? There, man, men live in blindness because of the deception of the sin nature, because of the deception of Satan. And again, we'll talk more specifically about how he works. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about this message, or if you would like information about our church, please visit us online at bbcdickinson.com.